welcome back. Confronting the gods. Uh, today we are going to talk about that pesky part of the Bible, Genesis. So uh, this is easily, in my opinion, one of the most misunderstood books of the Bible, and especially the beginning, Genesis 1, the creation narrative. Uh, one of the most misunderstood parts of of the book, one of the most misunderstood parts of one of the most misunderstood books of the Bible. It's <laughs> a mouthful. Uh, so today we're going to walk through that, and I'm going to bust down some truth on you. Um, calling this one confronting the gods. Now, a lot of people miss that the Bible was written not only a long time ago, but for a very specific purpose. I think a lot of people, and I think I, I may have thought this way too, a lot of people feel like it was a necessary thing God just did to detail, give to give people some info on how things got started, especially this one, the creation of the world and everything in it. Uh, it's just like uh, any other introduction. Well, this is how things came about. And that's actually not the purpose of this point. This this is actually very, um, it would have been very controversial in the day amongst other nations. Uh, it would have been very, very, uh, what's the word, subversive. And I want to kind of detail exactly what I mean by that. Uh, one of the first things, this this, for some reason, becomes an argument often about how the earth was was created in six literal days. And that's because uh, as the narrative follows itself, it has day one, this was made. Day two, this was made. Day three, this was made. And so on and so forth through six days. And then on the seventh, God rests, right? Uh, I'm going to... Uh, let me just go on. And then another, another one is that... Uh, because it's six literal days and this and that uh, evolution, the idea that man or any creature um, was formed over a series of a billion or more years is fundamentally impossible because we see here that everything was made in six literal days, which would make the earth significantly younger than what you many modern day cosmologists would say. Uh, and then just seeing this as a literal telling of events, um, I'm going to completely, hopefully, show you that that is not the point of this story. And in fact, the point of the story is far more interesting and, uh, and compelling and, and powerful than any of those. Uh, I find the, that stuff quite boring. Um, there was a time in my life where I was pretty captured by the idea of creationism and this and that. And, and I'm not trying to discount people who might hold those opinions. There's a place to argue for, for that. And there's space at the table for everybody because you know, everyone should get a voice. Uh, but that's, that's simply not what's going on here. Um, when this was written... It would have been written in a time where these myths about creating and the origin story of human beings, the 
origin story of the world around us would have would have been all over the world. It would have been in every nation. Uh, and, and which we'll get to on another day, stories like the flood story, um, like we're going to do today, the creation story. These are all stories that were told in different nations. Israel, Egypt has its own creation narrative and its own gods. Uh, Sumeria had its own creation narrative and its own gods. It's had its own flood story with its own drama. Uh, and so this is, Genesis 1 is a retelling of stories that would have been told all over the world in different regions, right? This is Israel's setting, essentially their attempt to set straight the record of how things came about. Now, as we read through this, there are some very important or there's a very important order to this book that we just don't get because basically we don't know how to read. Um, we don't know how to read ancient texts, and so we read through this with a very Western literal attempt to read as if we're reading a history book, and that is not what we're reading here. We are reading a, an anti-empire, uh, subversive story retold with Yahweh, the God of Israel, the God of these people, being the one who makes and creates everything. And I hope you find this as interesting as I do. Uh, so let's dive right in. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was over the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. And God said, let there be light, and there was light. And we're going to skip over some stuff here because I want to make sure I get to everything. So here we have God creating essentially sky and water. We have an expanse above and an expanse below. And these first three events, I want you to just think of them as creating space. So we're just going to be creating space. We have a, a space above now and we have a space below now. And then the next one, uh, God says, let there be light, and there was light. Now, I want you to forget what you know about light as far as the sun being the thing that lights the day and the moon the thing that lights the night. I just want you to think of them as categories. We now have lightness and darkness, a space for light and a space for dark. And so we have two different things. We have above and below as a space, and we have light and we have dark as an opportunity to be space, to be filled with things that are formed from light and things that are dark. So God moves on and let there be an, an expanse in the midst of the waters and let it separate the waters from the waters. Let the waters under the heavens be gathered together in one place and let the dry land appear. So now we have lightness and we have sky and water, sky and below, above and below space. We have lightness and we have darkness. Now we have land and sea. So we have all of this space, but we have nothing alive yet. We just have opportunity. We have potential for life. Now, here's where the order is important. God has just, we've just heard the story of God creating first expanses above, expanses below. Then we have the, essentially the heavens and the night. We have the space for light and we have the space for darkness. Uh, and then we have land and sea. So then where we go to is the very next thing. So after we've created the space, we go back to 
what was before, and we have God creating the space above and space below, and on the space below, God puts vegetation, plants, things yielding seed, trees, fruit trees, it says, according to its kind. And then in the second section, we have the lightness and darkness space. And in the lightness and darkness space, it says God creates lights in the expanse of the heavens to give light upon the earth. And it was so. And God made the two great lights, the greater light to rule the day and the lesser light to rule the night and the stars. So that's important. The word rule there is going to be important. And then on the third, so this one corresponding to land and sea, land and ocean, we have animals and fish and man and woman. And here's what's very important about this. Man and woman come last. In the ancient world, gods were the sun, they were the moon, they were the stars. The nations around Israel, these would have been the gods they worshipped. And in this story, they come before human beings and it is God saying I've created the things that you're worshiping and you human being are above them 